We're all familiar with perfectly packaged success stories, but what about all the mistakes that led to successes along the way? Our Pen Reflections podcast, hosted by Seniors for the Pen Fund, features the personal stories of Penn alumni who found their career path, however winding they may have been. My name is Emily Solomon. I'm a member of the class of 2021 and a co-chair for Seniors for the Pen Fund. In these monthly episodes, I'll take you along as we learn what work alumni put in that helps them secure their careers, how to surround yourself with people who will believe in your dreams as much as you do, and how to know when to play it safe and when to take a leap of faith for something bigger and better. So let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to all our Pen Reflections listeners today. We're so excited to have Laura Alber on this week's episode. How are you doing today, Laura? Well, I'm really honored to be here doing this. Great. We are so honored to have you on on our uh, podcast this week. So I wanted to give our listeners a little background on you before we begin. So without further ado, I'll give a brief introduction. Laura Alber received her BA in psychology from the University of Pennsylvania before going on to be a driving force in the growth of Williams-Sonoma Incorporated. Laura Alber has served as the company's president and chief Chief Executive Officer since 2010. In her tenure at Williams-Sonoma, Ms. Alber has held various leadership roles, executing effective growth strategies, strengthening brand recognition, and bolstering profits for the company's portfolio of multi-channel brands. As the company continues to innovate, launch new businesses, and expand product offerings, she's extended the Williams-Sonoma imprint into new categories with introductions such as Pottery Barn Kids, Pottery Barn Teen, Pottery Barn Dorm, and most recently, new growth opportunities like West Elm and West Elm Market. Wow, such an impressive resume, Laura. We're so excited to hear more about the ups and downs of your career path today. So to kick us off, you can just tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, your Penn background, and and just what you're currently doing right now. Yeah, um, so you covered it well. I'd say that... Um, you know, I graduated, as you said, 1990. I was a liberal arts major in psychology with a minor in anthropology, which was awesome in preparing me for all that has come since my pen days. I did not go to business school. Um, I thought about that, but I really wanted to start working and didn't want to take loans. So I went straight to work, which turned out in the career that I'm in not to be a problem. I think it's always a benefit to have an MBA, but um, in retail, it's not as common and getting started earlier, I think was, um, you know, uh, a, a good advantage. Uh, I have three kids. Uh, one is two, one is 20 and one is 16. I live in San Francisco Bay Area where I've lived ever since I graduated from Penn. I grew up on the East Coast. So I moved out here after Penn with really no plan. Stayed here this whole time. I think really mostly because of the weather and the beauty of uh, California and it's, um, been quite a journey and I have to say, I feel very lucky to, to be able to participate in things like this because of you know the success I've had in my career. And I am really grateful to Penn for setting me up for that. Yeah, wow, that is awesome. I, um, one of the things that I, I'm so excited to hear from, from you um, and kind of the goal of this podcast when we were uh, originally starting it um, was to learn about not only maybe the career successes, which of course, we know that you've had, that's, that's why we have you on the, on the show, but to hear sometimes about um, 
the the failures that occurred along the way because I feel like they they don't get talked about um, sometimes and for Penn seniors it's like a really just crucial piece um, to as we're as we're entering a new new workforce um, and just the struggles that might come along the way so we wanted to ask um, what is do you see as like your biggest failure and and what did you learn from it? It's funny, I was reading that question over and over and I just realized it's kind of a series of everyday failures versus yeah. one, I, you know, I don't, there's not one thing that stands out as, oh God, you know, that I think if you make a bunch of mistakes and you correct them quickly, you don't end up with a big one. Although you can, unfortunately, sometimes you, you make a wrong turn and has big consequences. You know, I've really tried to avoid that. Um, and, you know, I'd say that the things that have been most, difficult are sometimes, you know, on the people side where you, you know, you, you either trust someone, you hire someone, you have expectations for someone, they let you down, or you have a boss that you hope is going to be different than they turn out to be. Um, and you, you know, you think, God, how did I miss that? Why did I not see that? Or and you promoted who wasn't really job or not ready. And all those decisions are the hardest because somebody else is involved. And then you have to decide, get them there. You know, um, I, you know, I worked for a lot of people, you know, some of the bosses were not as good as others. I persevered. I did not resign. I've been with a company for a very long time. I think yeah. even though people don't do that these days, it is a big advantage because you kind of outlast everyone and are able to get those breaks by staying longer. And I think so many times, you know, not even in the first job, thinking about the second, um, because of a boss who doesn't treat you the way you want to be treated, you know, and may even have no time for you, which is shocking after, you know, you've been through this world of thinking that once you got out, you were going to make a difference. And then you're not, you feel like you're not making a difference and you have a boss who doesn't care. <laughs> so that can be pretty disappointing in the first part of your career. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad I didn't make the mistake to quit. Um, working for some of those people who I had to work for at William Noah. So that was a good thing. But I, I would say that, you know, on the people side is the hardest um, to get right. You learn it just like anything else. When you when you hire a lot, a lot of people work for you, you, you start to see patterns and be predict better what's going to work well for you and what kind of people you want to surround yourself and what are your non-starters and what are you willing to combine on. You know, those are those are the things that I think you do get better at. Um, but it's always, I think, the hardest. Um, I just say the other thing is, you know, presentation style is important. And it took me a long time to kind of my head around that and realize I needed to work on it. I, I think I always thought if I just kept my head down, worked hard, that it wouldn't matter how I presented. And I do think something if you can, some people are naturally good at it, but most people are nervous. But if you can work on that early and get some help, that's going to help you no matter what you do. Yeah, wow, that is that is a really good couple pieces of it, pieces of advice. Honestly, I um, yeah, I didn't even realize that it's 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 more about learning from the the everyday kind of uh, failures and maybe not one specific big failure. I like really like the way that you took that question. Um, and yeah, while you were talking, I was I was curious, um, especially when you were talking about. Um, understanding the people side of it. Um, and, and you had a, a background um, from Penn kind of in psychology, but I'm curious, like, what do you feel like were some of the best resources that helped you along the way of like maybe things that you read or listened to that inspired you and, 
and kind of just helped you learn that aspect of things or other things. But I'm just curious, yeah, what resources you mainly look to? Um, you know, I think it's just, you know, again, the people you're around, both the good and the bad, you know, they do things you don't like and you say to yourself, God, that, that didn't work for me. It's not working for anybody else. I'm never going to treat anyone like that. You know, really taking out of, instead of just feeling that about something that might happen, but saying to yourself, how do I make sure I never become that? And I think you can learn as much from a bad boss as a good one. And on the good ones, it's really identify what are they doing? It's really, you know, what can I emulate? What can I learn from them? And I've had, you know, so many different bosses along the way, and I learned something from every one of them. Um, in terms of reading, you know, I, I hate to admit it, I don't read as much as I should. I read a lot of news. <laughs> Victim of social media, I just, I'm, you know, to that. So I find I business industry things, but I'm not reading, I'm not reading a lot of business books anymore. I did it early on. Um, you know, things stand out, you know, I liked getting to yes. I think that's a good one. And you want to, you know, and there's a really interesting metaphor there of, you know, go to the balcony when you're arguing and, you know, see it from a different perspective. I like that. I still to that. And then I think, you know, our very own Angela Duckworth, you know, resilience and how important resilience is to anything you do, but also the idea that you can cultivate resilience, even if you don't have it. Um, those were the, you know, of, of books, those are the two that I immediately think of when you have those questions. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's really good. I'm, I'm also wondering, um, kind of like you mentioned learning, you know, from the, the, the people around you, maybe like the good bosses, um, as well as the, the bad bosses you've had, but, um, who do you feel like are, are three most influential people to you um in your in your life it could have been in your career or um anywhere else I'm, I'm curious well I would say you know my parents um but most specifically my mother who always worked as she raised us and she worked as a nurse and she worked three to eleven and I was always you know, I didn't know any better but it was amazing that she was able to she put the crock pot on and she'd go off to work and not be home dinner and we'd still have dinner after school you know holidays would come and, you know, nurses, they have to work at holiday, but I, you know, she was still always there for us. And it really set up a paradigm of working woman in my mind that also was a great mother. So that, you know, that's always stuck with me that you can figure out how to do both. Um, and then I would say my first boss, well, not my first boss, I would say my last boss, um, Howard Lester, who was really, I give him the credit of being the founder of Williams Sonoma, although he gave the credit to Chuck Williams. Howard was the one that bought the company from Chuck and then turned it into, you know, multiple stores and multiple brands. He just Pottery Barn and he was architect of the corporation. He took us public. And I worked for him for many, many years, um, either directly or indirectly. And he's the one who, um, you know, at the end of his life decided to make me CEO. It's a pretty big deal, especially when I was 40 years old. And um, it was a, a real honor that I worked for him that long. And he went through a couple other CEOs before I got the job and that he, you know, chose me um, right before he died. So that was pretty amazing. Wow. And, and then I'd say, you know, currently um, I have a new chairman named Scott Danke, um, who's the co-CEO of uh, Catterton. And he is um, incredible uh, business person and is a great, um, he, I've known him through the years and have 
met with him off and on, and now I get to work with him much more directly. And he's just, he's a great sounding board for ideas. He's very innovative. He's really helping me right now figure out how to think bigger, but also to call the message and simplify and elevate the message. Everybody understands what you're going to do. Yeah. Wow. Those sound like amazing people that have really um, just directed you and, and mentored you and helped you along the way. Um, I'm curious. Yeah. Of like something as you know, you might be acting to a lot of uh, seniors who are listening to this podcast as a, as a mentor, as they're listening to this, as um, they're wondering, uh, they're starting to begin their career. What is one thing you wish you would have known um, when you began uh, your, your start of your career uh, that looking back on now, you would love to share with um, Penn seniors or even maybe young alum who are listening to this podcast, just um, starting out? Well, I don't, I don't know if you, you've heard this concept of the beginner's mind, but I think you, you, know, you realize that you had so many good instincts back then and you just didn't have the confidence, right? And probably didn't want to have the confidence because be obnoxious. But the, I think the um, greatest thing about you know, your, your 20s, 30s is, is that beginner's mind of, you know, you can do anything, all these ideas and you're not stuck in your own experience. And I think really cherishing that, respecting that and going with your instinct is more important than people give credit to. I think it's why so many people start businesses at that time of their life. And I think, you know, having the confidence to run with some of those ideas is something that we all need to have. And sometimes you can't get it from anyone else. You just have to get it from within. But um, I would just go back to saying, I wish I had probably cherished that beginner's mind and I now work on trying to recreate it um notice the things that I have um immediate decisions on that may be wrong so if somebody says can we do this blah, 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 blah. well that to me flag for why did I just that why don't I just you know, ask a few questions and don't think that I've done it before that it's always gonna be the same outcome but try to really explore it as if you don't know what you're doing versus always thinking you do. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is so so true and and um it's it's something that has made me think of like even um for for Penn seniors it's the it's the last, you know, semester before they graduate. Is is there anything that you are thinking back even on on your time um at Penn that you like wished you um would have experienced before before you graduated like if you could go back and um just put yourself in in your senior year shoes of like what is something that you wished you um, just would have would have tried would have experienced. You know, I, I just say that um, it's I finally figured it out. By the time I was a senior, and I loved all the lectures that people came to campus and gave, and I I got more involved in things. You know, I think as a freshman, I who came from a small town was very enamored and didn't do any of those things until. It was kind of too late, you know. So um, I wish I, I wish I had been a little bit more focused on those things earlier. I I don't have any regrets. I just you know you say you wish you could go back to school when you're older because you'd know you'd appreciate it so much more, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I could have been a little more mindful of some of the classes I took, you know, um, and less worried about you know, having them be easier art or whatever this and just because. They're interesting. I guess that would be 
what I would say, I wish I was more academic and um, particularly in the early years and more interested in extracurriculars. Yeah, yeah. No, it's always it's always a good push. I am trying to even keep that in mind with my my last uh, couple core classes that I'm taking. I'm like, I'm like, wow, you know, like I don't get to do this, uh, you know, for for much longer. It was like, how can we really truly appreciate it and um, just yeah. soak it all soak it all in, you know? Oh man, oh, I have love, which you know you don't get to do unless you go back to school. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So speaking of, um, I know you've also kind of been involved with things at Penn um, since since you've graduated. Um, and I was just curious of like, how do you feel like you've been able to stay connected with Penn and even just like um, just opportunities that that um, you've been able to yeah really just keep that network and and um, what are what are some tips that you've had for for people that are going to be graduating and like how to how to stay connected to the Penn Penn experience. Yeah, I would just say, you know, no matter where you live, and I live pretty far away, but um, <laughs> it is such a great network. And also, it just keeps you engaged with you know, people who are very smart and great thinkers and um, interesting, you know, people. It's all the same type of people who are in the same industry. And so the wide variety of interests at Penn is something that you get when you're at Penn and you also get when you are done by staying connected versus just what you do in your industry. So when I go back for trustee meetings or overseas meetings, I'm always so interested in the things that have nothing to do with what I do um, in my job. And whether it's, you know, sciences or um, tech, I, I just, it keeps me as a lifelong learner, even though, you know, I'm not in class. Sometimes I do sit through a class. I try to do as much with the students as I can to give back and hopefully give them some piece of advice that might somewhere. Um, and that's very rewarding too, because you, you gotta, you know, you gotta forward, as they say, you gotta make sure that you're saying thank you, that you're helping people along the way you have done well. And, you know, I think it's a big responsibility and one I take seriously and Penn affords me the ability to, to do that, um, which is why it's been so fulfilling and involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, I may have I may have lost you briefly in there. Sorry, my my internet may have cut out, but I got the got the general sense. And um, yeah, I really just think that that's so important to being a lifelong learner and just like um, I really admire, yeah, how you've been able to just um, just keep keep the connection and, and made you've made pri a priority to like giving your time and, and just resources back to back to Penn students I um for our listeners uh listening just a fun fact I actually met Laura my freshman year at a alumni networking event and it was just it was so fun to to connect with you and um to just hear about yeah to hear about your your career path and your journey um and i just love that about penn and i'm excited to do that as an alumni as well and to um just stay involved and in, um to the current students uh as well so yeah i really really do appreciate that about our amazing alum um and so yeah one last question i'm just curious if there's anything that um, if you could step into my shoes as the interviewer, um, that you would have asked yourself that, that I didn't in this interview or any last like, um, thoughts or, or nuggets of wisdom that you would like to share with us today. Um, a lot of times, you know, people are 
fascinated about you know, the working woman and and you know people are scared to ask because you don't want to focus on that but it is um you know rare that you have a ceo um of a fortune 500 company there's not many of us and you know at the same time i have three kids and so the question probably is you know what about that what do you think you know how'd you do that and i yeah. i would say you know um I didn't know any better. I just working and then decided to have kids. And so we worked it out. I had a, I have a, I have a very supportive husband. Um, and it wasn't always easy. I would say that there's a lot of moments where you either thought it doesn't make sense to work or it's too emotionally draining. The rewards of having a career um, far outweigh those small discomforts. And along the way, there's a lot of people that I would say, try to sway women from staying in the workforce. And sometimes it's the mother-in-law, sometimes your own mother, if she didn't work. And, you know, the truth, you can do both. And if there's one thing I'd like to have you remember from this, it would be to um, follow your own gut about that. And I'm not saying that all women have to work. I'm saying I would just like that to work, which is population, and that 50% of the seats would be held by women. That's, that's um, my message. And so, you know, we need less women dropping out because someone's convinced them and just know it gets easier. You know, they, they eventually they leave the house and they become self, um, you know, become independent a lot yeah. sooner than you do, you know, I mean, all of a sudden they're gone. And so it seems like when you're in it, it's always going to be that way, but um, they grow up. So um, you don't need to take your whole, everything you've worked for in high school, college and make the decision that you have to make a choice between the two. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that is truly so inspiring. It's like, a, it's the balance between like, you know, like going, going for what you want. And then too, when you're, when you're there, like really, when you have it, you know, really enjoying it, you know, and, and enjoying um, that you were able to just like really um, excel in both, uh, both roles. And that is just, yeah, it's something that is so inspiring and we need more of you're so right so yeah yeah I um one last question that I wanted to um make sure to ask you is for our listeners that you know unlike me can like talk to you um over this zoom call which I've I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that I've been able to chat with you um for for this podcast but I'm curious like where uh can our listeners connect with you online um if they have like further questions or if they were inspired by your story or um want to pursue a similar similar career path to you um where could they reach you online well I would say probably my email is the best way to go which is lalber at wsgc.com I mean you can reach me on LinkedIn but I have to be honest I don't I don't look at that as much so probably the email um, is the best way to go. Yeah, yeah, that that's super great. And um, yeah, I know, I know from experience. I I emailed you uh, that freshman year after I I got to meet you, and you were so so responsive to that. So I um, really really do appreciate well, that. If, and <laughs> if I'm not responsive, it probably is because it got buried. So oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, please try again um, because it's not intentional. Yes, yes. No, that's, that's so, so true. I, I can attest to I also do the same thing sometimes. Um, so yeah, I just want to thank you so much again for, for taking your time to, to talk to um, me today and to talk to the broader, um, you know, Penn senior community and also just 
Penn alumni community that get to listen to this podcast and just learn more about, you know, um, what it's like to really just not be stuck in your own experience or um, to really just pursue, pursue um, whatever you're doing with confidence and, and resilience um, and that to really just chase your dreams like, like you have and, and um, not get, not get too bogged down in the you know, little mistakes along the way. I really am just so, I was fiercely taking notes um, <laughs> to, for my own sense of um, just wanting to learn from you. And I am so glad that other seniors are able to listen in and, and to hear to hear your wisdom as well. Um, so thank you so much for, for being on today, Laura. And um, yeah. Thank you for and for, um, you know, maybe, um, you know, helping me help others with their careers. I appreciate the, uh, the time and you're good at this, so thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, you are, you're good at answering the questions, so. <laughs> All right, that is amazing. Thank you so much um, to our listeners once again, and we hope you have a, a great night. Thank you so much for listening to Pen Reflections, hosted by Seniors for the Pen Fund. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you'd like to make a lasting impact for Penn undergraduates, you can make a gift on our website at pennfund.upenn.edu slash give. Make sure to tune in next month to hear more advice from our amazing alum. See you next time. <laughs>